0: Blog Talk Radio. The information discussed during the show is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any condition. If your pet is currently experiencing any medical issues, please seek immediate assistance from a licensed veterinarian. Good morning, this is Dr. Caroline O'Sullivan speaking, and you are listening to Holistic Pet Care with Dr. O. Uh, we have a wonderful guest, Shannon Almond from the Las Vegas Veterinary Specialty Center, come to talk to us about advanced rehabilitation techniques for our pets. I want to first of all thank Sylvia Global Media Network for making this whole thing possible. I want to encourage everyone that's listening to call in with their questions, 347-215-6138, or for our podcast listeners, you can email to listeners at sylviaglobal.com or post in the comment section of Sylvia Global's Facebook page. Now, Hol- uh, Holistic Tech Care with Dr. O now has a Facebook page and a Twitter page, so we'd like you to um, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. So once again... Please go ahead and contact us with any questions for myself or for Shannon, either by emailing or by calling in, 347-215-6138. So, good morning, Shannon, and thank you so much for joining me this morning.
1: Good morning. Let's
0: start by just introducing Shannon. She is a licensed animal physical therapist in the state of Nevada and a certified canine rehabilitation practitioner. She has a master's degree in physical therapy and has practiced for 15 years on the human side of rehabilitation before moving over to small animal rehab in '06. She is the official rehabilitation coordinator at the Las Vegas Veterinary Specialty Center, and that's no small shakes. The um, Las Vegas Veterinary Specialty Center does very, very wonderful, specialized, um, high-volume medicine. So you are a busy bee. Is that true, Shannon? Oh, very busy <laughs> so we we are very blessed to have you here and have you make time for us it's an hour in the morning before heading off to wherever, or an hour of not being at work and playing with your dogs that are very very valuable for you huh right right <laughs> now um let's talk about what is veterinary rehabilitation, and we can get into how it's evolved. And for me, I'd really like to hear about what training is involved in the profession. I constantly tell my students, my clients, that I want them to seek help with somebody who's had appropriate training, appropriate licensing, and appropriate time on the job and be working hand-in-hand with a veterinarian. So rather than just willy-nilly and some of the people that offer treatments for animals, and we'll get into that later, that maybe don't have the skills, certification, and training that you and your staff have. So let, let's start with that. That's very important.
1: Yeah, the uh, there are two main training programs in the United States uh, that train both veterinarians, veterinary technicians, and physical therapists in the uh, uh, specialized skill of rehabilitation for both small animals and there is a a large animal uh, program as well. Um, The University of Tennessee out of Knoxville is one of them, and uh, they work in conjunction with the vet school there, as well as Canine Rehab Institute, which is um, out of Florida. Uh, Both of them have a core curriculum courses. These are postgraduate programs, so you do have to uh, first be a graduate of your veterinary or physical therapy program, um, and then you do a core set of courses, uh, both uh, theory and hands-on, uh, observation time center. Um, the, then you do case studies, uh, and, uh, and then you have to go back to the program to take your written and practical exams. Uh, for most people, if you're working at the same time, it can take a year or two to get this, this uh, certification um and it's it's definitely very rigorous um it is not for the faint of heart uh to be pursuing um, and then but, you uh, mentioned, Shannon,
0: that this is, post, this is a postgraduate education. So you already have a foundation of being a technician, a foundation of being a physical ther- uh, therapy professional, a foundation of being a licensed veterinarian before exactly. you go to these programs. So it's not as though exactly. somebody off the street or somebody that loves dogs or somebody that just does, not just, I apologize, but that does let's yeah. say, some massage or those types of things can just sign up for these things. You have to have a foundation of very serious commitment to this profession. Exactly, exactly. Uh, And it it, it
1: kind of evolved. I think the the demand for this and um, need for it evolved so quickly that um, this is where the certifications have come from. Um, Some theorize that there may be a degree at some future date, you know, where they'll, say, blend veterinary and physical therapy uh, education. But uh, right now, these are the main uh, ways of being uh, certified, and it's certainly important that people make sure that if they are seeking rehabilitation services for their pet, that the the person is is properly qualified. Where would a where would a listener find um, a person
0: with a training, such as that you have either coming out of Tennessee or Florida? Is there a list or a website that says I've been credentialed here, or, I went through training there, and this is where I work, or something like that?
1: Yes, both both those sites, the uh, uh, University of Tennessee um, uh, program and the uh, CRI or Canine Rehab Institute, uh, both of them list um, all of the uh, certified therapists, uh, be they veterinarians, vet techs, or uh, physical therapists. They'll list all of them and where they uh, currently work.
0: Very nice, very nice. Um, and that's something that we can get online or maybe we can make a phone call if folks are interested um right righty so since you you started out on the human side and, right
1: um and what what made you to cross over well i I had always been involved uh with animals my whole life i had been participated in canine uh confirmation dog shows uh obedience uh dog shows um worked in high school and undergrad doing uh you know good old uh kennel work. Um, in vet clinics, uh volunteered a huge amount at um humane societies, uh uh-huh. and shelters, uh where which is gets you some very good hands on uh experience with animals that are you know, not not just your fuzzy little pets, but animals that are you know, dire straits. Um patients this was way before it became mainstream, um, even before the canine good citizenship uh exams that are now required for your pet to do pet therapy visits, Um, uh, we were doing things up in Oregon um, well before uh, it was fully acceptable uh, in terms of going into hospitals and doing visitations, not only to make the life better for patients, but to hopefully make the uh, uh, pets uh, more adoptable. We were, at that time, taking animals from shelters uh, that needed more attention and taking them to these um, various centers. I also did my thesis in PT school, physical therapy school, on the effects of pet therapy visitations on nursing home populations. So um, that was, uh, um, you know, a very in-depth study that we did, trying to look at some quantitative measurements. There's been quite a bit of subjective information and research done on the effects of pets on people, um, but a lot of the quantitative uh, research um, has, has been more recent, obviously. Uh, but they certainly have a very beneficial effect, and we're seeing that now where it, now we all pretty much accept that, um, that, you know, animals will be coming into centers. My father was recently in an intensive care unit, believe it or not, at Oregon Health Science University after surgery for lung cancer, and someone came in and, and did a visitation with him right there in the intensive care. Sharon's topic of
0: specialty rehabilitation is um, quite near and dear to my heart. I've had um, quite a few of my personal dogs um, treated at the specialty center, both with surgery and with rehabilitation, and watched this work not only on my patients and my referrals, but also on my own dogs. And the difference between being a doctor and being a patient is quite, quite, um, quite worlds apart. Um, and watching these guys go through these major surgeries and then seeing them recover to the point where they can start doing rehabilitation, whether it's the underwater treadmill, whether it's range of motion, if it's Cavaletti work, if it's weave pull, slow weave pull work, if it's massage, all of the wonderful things that um, Shannon and her, well, most uh, people in the rehabilitation community offer, both human and animal. And, and um, with the rehab- veterinary rehabilitation, Shannon and her staff are able to offer services to orthopedic patients, neurological patients, general medicine patients, deal with obesity issues in animals, senior disabilities, performance dogs, um, animals that have just um, hurt a knee, got into a car wreck, those types of things where they've they've been most of the time with surgery or extended rehabilitation or maybe chronic injuries and illnesses to where they need something more than just your normal. Take two of these and call me in the morning. You know, just rest for a week and everything will be fine. These are usually situations that are quite a bit more advanced than that. So that, that's where okay. Shannon and her staff come in. Uh,
1: well, the um, uh, at, uh, we, we at the at the center, based on how the um, the state uh, regulatory um, laws are written, I am I am. Uh, uh, licensed as an animal physical therapist through the uh, Nevada Veterinary Board, which is unusual. There's not many states that have been that forethinking, I, I would say, um, in terms of um, having a, a list of requirements for their animal physical therapists. In the center, I do get, um, of course, direct referrals from all of our specialists, uh, right. uh, a, lot of, a lot of them from our um, orthopedists uh, for a variety of different orthopedic surgeries, including uh, cruciate uh, uh, rupture repair, um, uh, problems with uh, the patella or kneecap dislocating, um, uh, total hip replacements in dogs, um, Uh elbow surgeries, all sorts of different um, uh, joint surgeries where we then work at getting, uh, just like in human medicine, we work at getting first and foremost their range of motion. Uh, and then uh, weight shifting and then um, muscle strength uh, so that they get full function back. And the majority of these animals really do, you know, um, uh, go back to 100% full uh, function. Um, we see a tremendous number of um, uh, neurological patients. Um, as people, some people may know out there, there are certain breeds um, that are very prone to uh, sudden acute disc herniation, which then causes compression on the spinal cord, um, and this is a particularly difficult uh, situation, uh, especially for the owners. I would say because there's right. um, not only does the animal have a a, a you know sudden um, uh, change in their mobility, but oftentimes will have um, problems with their bowel and bladder for a while. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and it's it's a, it's a tremendous um, amount of you know nursing and home care for the um uh clients uh, when they're taking these these guys home um and we we do a tremendous number of uh um, of neurological rehabilitation and it's just imperative to their recovery to um to get them moving and get those signals um, uh working again in the spinal cord <clears throat> we, we uh we did we made a um, because uh, these poor, you know, clients, when they take these guys home, I call it the beer and the headlights look when they, you know, go home with these these guys. Um, we made a, a a CD where we um, uh, had all of the different exercises as well as home care uh, procedures uh, filmed and put on a CD so that these people can, can go home and be able to um, watch these things after they've. Kind of been able to take a breath and, and um you know know what they're they're in for. Um and we've developed a very, very strong working relationship with uh with these clients in particular because sometimes it can be, you know, a lengthy rehab and the owners are going through you know, really a very um life changing event when they uh take these guys home. Definitely, um, so, definitely true. Yeah. Um, there's other neurological conditions. Uh, a very common one is uh, degenerative myelopathy, which is extremely mm-hmm. prevalent in German Shepherds. Uh, however, it can occur in other breeds. It um, tends to, to start when they're a little bit uh, later in life and will start with some hind limb discordination, uh, but can progress to hind limb paralysis. Um, and the need to use a, uh, a dog wheelchair and have some assistance for their uh, function. Um, the only probably good thing about degenerative myelopathy is that it, it is non-painful. Uh, and these dogs, you know, typically their attitude is extremely good. They are not, it's such a insidious onset that they, they still are quite engaged um, with life and have a very good attitude. Um, it's just that their mobility is is slowly being compromised. So we see a lot of people that are very very willing to work with their animals and help them to have a good quality of life, um, you know, up through the through their life. Um, yeah, I, I completely, I completely understand that. I, I'm not sure if you
0: remember my old, big old pit bull that had his bilateral oh, yeah. TPLOs done and one failed and we had to do it over again. Now he, he's right. got you know neurological deficit in that rear end and he did great with rehab. I mean. So right. for our listening audience, um, I have a young pit bull, uh he's about five now, and both of his knees for a um, blue, like most people say that, but it would be for people A um, an ACL tear in dogs, a cranial cruciate ligament tear, or um, this one was a full tear on both of them. So he went to surgery and had surgeries called TPLOs, um, tibial plateau leveling osteotomies, where the tibia is actually cut, re mounted, and plated, and then, re, you know, there's a quite a bit of surgery to go clean the joint out and those wonderful things that these surgeons do, and then when stitches come out and the surgeon says, okay, then they <laughs> these patients get sent over to Shannon and her amazing, capable crew, and a our, our new life begins, and the right. amount of owner participation and the owner involvement to to be a commitment. We have to do it together. Right. And um I, I can tell you from personal client experience, uh, more so than my oh, yeah. doctor, that um it, it's it's intense and it's sad and it you know it's it's frustrating and you just want you just want them to be for. And I gotta be honest with you, I tell my clients all the time in these situations that we all know people that are in wheelchairs, we all know people that have disabilities. We all know people that um overcome these things. And that I find that that's more true in our animal friends than it is in humans. That you're, like you're saying, they're fully engaged. They're usually pretty darn comfortable, which I, it's impossible to believe when you see them moving around. But true, right, right. And that with what I do with the acupuncture and some of the other techniques, we can get wonderful, wonderful progress with these guys. But what you guys do and your um, services you can provide, and we'll get into that these things working in tandem or just being available to folks that have an animal that's having a neurological disability or an orthopedic disability or something that really takes your feet right out from under you, no pun intended, but when your your dog blows its knees or your dog blows a disc in its back or your cat does it, it, it takes right. you by surprise, like getting hit in the face with a brick. I can tell you for sure. So, oh yeah, um, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate what what you guys are doing. But I also want to go back to your. You made a CD of rehab for your clients. That's brilliant. Right. Does this is this CD available to everyone, or just your clients, or who, who uh, is it
1: available? Right for? now, how would we get it? Yeah, right now it's just available through our clinic. So anybody that we um, are discharging from the hospital. Uh, that has a, a neurologically involved uh, animal, we are sending them home with that. Um, re- really, regardless of whether they, um, uh, because we we all these folks even at discharge, we show them some basic um, rehab at discharge. We do not require, we don't force people to go to sign up for rehab. It's it's an added expense, and and it's just something you know that we've chosen. Uh, not to, you know, force people to do. However, all of the neurological patients, the minute they are diagnosed and or have surgery in our center, uh, physical therapy is involved with that animal right, um, uh, from the moment the, the veterinarians clear that animal for, uh, for rehab in hospital. So we're we're making an assessment of them. We're finding out what what they're able to do and not do, and then at discharge, uh, we work with the discharge technicians to give them appropriate exercises to be doing um, at discharge. Um, okay, if, cool. if, yeah, um, we, have,
0: we actually have a, we actually have a caller calling in with a question for you. So, um, okay, Saul, are you there with your question?
1: Hi, doctor. Ryan. Uh, hi, here, How are you? Hello. So. Yeah. Yes, can you hear me? <laughs>
0: Yeah, we can hear you, Saul. Thank you so much for calling in. What's your question
1: today? Sorry about that. Well, we've been thinking about getting a Great Dane. And uh, the few friends that I have that have had them, uh, undoubtedly they say they get hip problems and uh, issues uh, with their joints. Is this something that if it occurs to them that you can help them out by the methods that you have? Or is there any way to help prevent these things from happening specifically oh, to the Great Dane breed? well um i I'll, I'll let uh, um, Dr. Ode specify that as far as the medical side of that, but we certainly we we see a tremendous number i I wouldn't say um uh, specifically just the great danes uh, but we certainly see large breed dogs um, that will uh, sometimes even be born with very very severe hip dysplasia We've actually had um, some dogs that we've even treated conservatively. Um, where we've been able to increase their muscle mass around the joints and be able to give them better function and more more comfort. Uh, but then, from the veterinary standpoint, there um, certainly are some procedures that are are being undertaken uh, to uh, to help you know correct those uh, problems that right. they occur. Right. Um, I think you know probably one of especially when you're looking at a purebred dog that they, the um, you know some of the, the things are are certainly being very very Cautious and um, investigative uh, into the, the breeder in terms of determining how carefully they are selecting their um, the breeding animals and trying to breed out any of those types of of, of, of problems. It's not a sure thing, that's for sure. But, um, <laughs> but that's that's certainly with, if you're going to select a purebred dog, that is one thing that is highly recommended that you do your research big time.
0: Right, right, right. And Saul,
1: thank you so much for the question. I really appreciate it. And uh, Shannon, it's such a great
0: answer. You're going to go out and if you plan on purchasing, a, you know, a dog, you want to be thorough, uh, especially if you're going through a breeder, check their history, check their uh, you know, breeding status, and take a look at the mom and the dad of these puppies. You know, just do, do your due diligence. You want to make sure that right. you're not getting a puppy into a lifetime of discomfort and those types of things. And right. then, if you do commit, Make sure you talk to somebody who has a lot of experience on things like nutrition and exactly. and bone development, and hold oh, on, yeah. nutrition and nutrition and nutrition um, is so important in development, especially of these giant breed dogs. Um, and yes. then, unfortunately, if we, we don't pay attention, if we don't do our due <laughs> diligence, it's our four-legged friends that suffer the consequences forever. And as right. Shannon pointed out, there are many interventions that veterinarians can practice, especially the skilled surgeons at the referral or the specialty center and such, Yes, um, God forbid, something like this does occur. And then, guess what? They end up back at Shannon's place rehabbing right. Right, procedures that these dogs have, and sometimes cats, but dogs have to go through based on their genetics, based on the fact that as humans, in my experience, we want them bigger, fatter, faster Right, and we'll feed them that way, just because. So we think we're cool, or we think we have the biggest dog, or we think, oh, look how fast they're growing. Those types of things when In in all reality, that it's just not cool. It's not okay, and that we have to, right. you know, it, it, with these giant breed dogs, we're looking at three years before they're at full size. So pay attention, you know. So so right. I don't mean to get on my soapbox, but dealing with the pain of these these guys and with what I'm doing now with holistic medicine. It's nice that I have needles and I have lasers and that I have my hands and I have my knowledge and I have my herbals and I have a whole bunch of wonderful things, including nutrition and joint separation. Right. It's huge. Some of the huge parts. Yeah, it. is it humongous or what? But it doesn't mean that these guys aren't uncomfortable before they even tell you that they need help. And that this is right. going to be a lifetime thing. if you If you mess it up going in the first three years... We we do everything we can, but then once again, you have these humongous commitments to rehab and to life changes and hold on nutrition, you know, going forward. So, um, let's um, um, go go ahead and talk about that a little bit. And I wanted to ask you directly, Shannon: What if I have a cranial cruciate dog? You know, I, I hurt okay. my knee, I blew my knee, I'm holding my okay. leg up like I call it chicken winging, you know, and or I'm just toe touching or I'm, I'm rolling. And I just can't get to surgery. I just financially, whatever the reason is, I can't do it. Now, I'm familiar with joint supplements, weight control, things like A-track right. braces, those types of things. But then what, right. what would you, and I know you can't diagnose your training, this is very broad strokes, but... It's a case where you know glucosamine, chondroitin, A-track braces, you know, lose the weight, so we take the pressure off all the other joints because they're doing all the lifting of the leg that's not working. Do you have right. any uh, quick and dirty pointers for folks that might be going through something like that?
1: Well, we've we've certainly had dogs that have had a a, a cruciate ligament deficiency that say they cannot afford the surgery, or um, even situations where they cannot undergo. Uh, surgery safely, say, um, in particular, a very obese dog, Um, Uh there are actually, there's several uh, 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 knee braces out there for dogs now, um, several companies now, growing, you know, just um, hugely every year, Uh, but these are people who are orthotists and prosthetists from human medicine who have Uh then gone into the veterinary world um, we've had some, some very, very wonderful um, um, knee braces uh, that have been made by various companies in the United States uh, and even um, up in Canada uh, that are extremely user-friendly and help to stabilize that knee joint while you mm-hmm. are then um, uh, helping the dog to start to use the limb again and be able to exercise more. Um, we've had dogs um, be able to do uh, safely do the water therapy uh, in terms of underwater treadmill or uh, swimming, uh, where they can uh, safely be able to exercise their body and, the, and their limb without putting a lot of concussion up through the joint and accelerating the uh, arthritis in the joint. Yeah. Um, and, right, and, and then yeah, there I'm, are some... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll finish up. and I have a question. Well, go ahead. Yeah. And then the, there are some uh, 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 simple things that we teach people. A lot of it are uh, are some static... Uh, Standing, weight-bearing, weight-shifting activities. Not a lot of, um, you know, active, concussive-type activities that we would teach uh, somebody, Uh, but uh, there are a lot of ways to be able to uh, increase muscle strength in a cruciate-deficient knee. Uh, But, again, the the braces that are out now are much, much more uh, comfortable for the dog and much more user-friendly than ever before. Um, And we do castings. Um, These all require castings of the limb that we uh, do at our center or any veterinary clinic can do, uh, and then the, it is sent in to the company f- uh, to produce a custom brace. Uh, yeah, custom, very, very custom. I like that very nice. Oh, yeah. Now,
0: um, I, I remember you had just said about the underwater treadmill or swimming and those types of things, and I just want to send out a caution to whoever, you know, for sort of folks that are listening. Now, I know from my own personal experience both on both sides of veterinary um Owner <laughs> endeavors right. that um, I was advised very strongly after my dog had his surgery, or after his initial acute rupture of his cranial cruciate, that going swimming or even doing any kind of underwater work, where he would be taking his limb and kicking it in an outward direction, was right. not. It was. It was not just not advised. It was unacceptable because right the, the ligament that's holding femur to tibia. Is not right. there or it's hurt or it's trying to recover. So the period of time you need before you basically get the green light to start doing swimming or start doing underwater or start doing anything where the animal's putting excess weight on or in the, in, the, in a pool situation, if you're swimming and you're a little kick, 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 and you're pushing in a backward direction, that is not right. good for that situation. So when folks are listening, um, I would like to strongly advise that these uh rehabilitations and these ideas are undertaken under the guise of a licensed veterinarian and rehab uh professionals because i know that there are folks out there that are advertising swimming mm. and it happens to be in right. their backyard and there guy right. or a gal that owns the house with a backyard that has a pool and that's it that's as right. much credentialing as they have and god help us if we take a blown cranial cruciate we put it in a pool and we say swim and right. that right causes some extra problems. So uh, I just wanted to throw that caution out there that everything that Shannon's saying, of course, is correct and, of course, is so darn helpful. It's just that timing is everything and that right. it needs to be under the guise direction and basically the thumbs up of somebody that does this for a living is extremely well-trained exactly. and well-credentialed. So I'm going to get off my high horse and let you continue. I apologize.
1: (laughs) Well, another um, uh, advancement that is um, starting to um, progress are the um, uh, research being done on some um, kind of biochemical approaches to, to say, partially torn uh, cruciate ligaments. In a lot of cases where a dog is showing some lameness, the veterinarian may diagnose them with a partial uh cruciate tear they've got some laxity in the joint that's causing discomfort um and some research that's being done on um what is called a uh, platelet uh rich plasma where exactly yeah, the, the blood yeah the blood product of the 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 animal the patient is withdrawn and spun down in a machine that uh that uh, that isolates plasma. Uh, from the animal's blood, these products have components in them that are anti-inflammatory and can uh, help to stimulate some healing in connective tissues. So they will then inject this material into the animal's knee, uh, sometimes supplement that with a uh, a knee brace to give extra stability, and they're finding that they can um, actually stimulate uh, cruciate uh, ligament healing this way and, um, you know, hopefully then avoid a surgical approach to it. Yes, I've actually had um, that
0: done on one of my patients, a very large dog that you know, um, and he <laughs> had both of his elbows done after having elbow surgery to clean out those right. joints because of a genetic problem. And he, he, after surgery, he still limped around a bit, and that was not acceptable to dog or owner, and dog was still very young. And he had this platelet-rich plasma treatment done, and son of a gun, if he doesn't yeah. feel fantastic, now, that's not, you know, that's that's anecdotal, okay? But I also, as right. we talked about before we aired, went to these lectures, and I can't tell you how unbelievably impressed I am. And the fact that right. it is a, you take your blood, you spin it down, you give it back to you. So it's an autogenous process. Right. It's not coming from, it, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. And the fact that it's available, and it can be right. used in conjunction with all of your skill sets, Shannon, and right, everything right. else that needs to be done with these guys, you can stack it, and that, um, and I, don't, I'm not, I can't speak professionally to the side effects of it, but I'm under the impression they're extremely minimal. So um, I like that these things are being investigated, and the fact that um, these things have only been available for humans maybe in different countries and such, and that we're able with these you know, great doctors to figure out how to do it to help our four-legged friends here and now. Exactly. So I, right, yeah, right. I couldn't be more impressed. Now, um, in addition to our plasma-rich, um, I mean our platelet-rich plasma, and as we talked about for folks that can't possibly go through these major, you know, these these surgeries like these TPLOs and such, are knee braces that are available to people with the help of their veterinarians or their, you know, rehabilitation experts. Can you tell us what other kind of services are provided as rehabilitation tools in your trade? And I'm guessing right at the specialty center as I've seen before.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um uh, I always will say the first and foremost in in terms of uh, any rehab professional is our hands. Um we you know not only in, ter- in terms of assessing um, animals fully um uh, manually and in uh, because even though they might come in with a primary complaint of their knee or hip or whatever, um they're the uh just like humans will do when they have a painful area quadrupeds will also compensate markedly. In yes. fact, they're, they're, yes. they're even more skilled at compensating because they have four points to compensate to. Um, mm-hmm. So oftentimes, I will find um, with, with my manual assessment um, that there are actually other parts of the body that um, uh, that are having some problems. And we, we do a, a, an incredible amount of um, manual therapy, including soft tissue massage techniques, and joint mobilizations to help restore uh, mobility and provide comfort. Uh, right. we, we, um, uh, and, and also then, um, a lot. Of, I do a lot of referring out to specialists such as yourself for um, the acupuncture, um, uh, as well as to chiropractors, veterinary chiropractors, if I'm finding that there might be a malalignment issue, uh, probably credibly helpful in situations where I just couldn't get the um, problem completely resolved. Um, right. right, right. it's nice to, to work as a
0: team, isn't it? It's just really nice to work as a team. You know, whether it's yeah, the, yeah. the chiropractor here, the surgeon there, the referring here, the acupuncturist here, your skill set oh, there. Yeah. Everybody caring everyone caring for this the best interest of this creature and you're dealing with the mandates of veterinary medicine, right? First do no harm. Right.
1: Always. First do, do no, no harm. harm. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Very nice. The, uh, the underwater treadmill, that is it's probably the most um um unique thing that that people see in our center is just not something that is um, ubiquitous just yet. However, the properties of using water as an exercise tool have been long used in in rehabilitative centers, you know, for for humans, of course. Um, The water, of course, provides buoyancy, which then reduces the gravitational forces on a weak body or a healing uh, orthopedic uh, limb the um, the water also has – it's 12 times harder to move through water than air at the same speed. So it has tremendous um, uh, strengthening properties uh, without putting concussion on the body. Um, mm-hmm. Also, the compressive forces of water, um, how it pushes in on all, all sides of the body, um, can help with reducing uh, edema, and it also has a very, very calming effect um, We'll have a lot of dogs that come in for their therapy the first time, and if they're really, really wound up, um, we'll just immediately get them in there. Um, even And even if a lot of the, the time is spent just standing in the warm water um, and then introducing them to the treadmill motion, it's amazing when they come out of there how much calmer they are, um, which, you know, not only is it from the exercise and you know the, the, the um, benefits we all experience from exercise, but the compressive forces are very, very calming, which I think all of us, you know, innately know how that feels, say, to to be in a bathtub or a hot tub or something like that. Uh, it's it's incredibly it, or calming. Or to ourselves
0: up in a big blankie or even things like where we've yeah. got now thunder shirts and all those types of things just kind of calm us down. Right. Uh, and, right. you know, uh, some, some of the most famous veterinarians have used those types of things on themselves, you know, with, with right. some of their issues. And, you know, you can do some amazing reading about that. but. I can tell you for myself, and watching not only my patients but my personal dog getting in there, thinking, being the nervous, anxious mom, dog right. mom, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and then watching them come <laughs> you know, out, like, oh, oh yeah. this is nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they the majority lovely. of them just end up loving it, and it's a, it's an amazing tool too. We've had patients in our hospital that have been particularly neurologically involved. Uh, we've had some very, very large dogs, um, that trying to manipulate them against gravity in terms of doing supported standing or, or transitional training um, is, is just so rigorous that we will actually just, uh, you know, um, gurney them to the treadmill, get them in there with swim vests, and with, uh, you know, sometimes there's even two people in the tank with these animals. Sure. And we, sure. we, we use the buoyancy properties of water just to help them to stand and to feel be able to practice their body movements without the, the, the um, encumbrances of gravity. So the the water itself, just the properties it has in terms of um, helping us to work on mobility issues, especially with large animals, um, is right. invaluable. Right. right. Um, now, we, you, we all, Shannon, do you know how many, how many of these underwater treadmills
0: there are now? I, I, I keep saying there's only three on the West Coast. Is that still valid or are more
1: people getting them in their advanced facilities? Do you I, th- know? I think more are getting them, but um, I'm not aware of any, of course, in the, in, uh, um, there is one, uh, I think, up in re- the Reno area that is uh-huh. uh, utilized at a, a veterinary clinic up there. There are certainly several rehab centers, um, up and down, uh, California. Um, yeah, there's one that's um, Yeah, and, and but they're now being used. Be oh, yeah, you yeah. say that they're few and, um, and far between would be a safe statement, yes? That would be a safe statement, yeah. Oh, um, it's good. a substantial investment for a clinic to make. I mean, these are not inexpensive uh, tools, but they they're incredibly valuable when it comes to uh, patient care and rehabilitation. It's a huge, huge part of our um, our bag of tools that we use to uh, to yeah. rehab uh, patients. Um, we we also do a tremendous amount of therapeutic exercise. Um, We utilize just about everything that you would see in a human rehab center or clinic um, uh, in terms of like uh, uh, physical therapy, uh, the physio balls, um, the balance boards, obstacle courses. We do a tremendous amount of um, uh, basically just um, creative um, obstacle course creation um, at our center where based on the... what we're trying to um, facilitate in the animal in terms of their balance or the midline appreciation for their uh, posture, weight shifting to a a surgical limb, uh, active range of motion in terms of stepping up and over obstacles. So we'll create a whole uh, host of different um, obstacles to uh, facilitate those, those types of exercises. And then the majority of these can be recreated in the home setting. You don't have to have you know, special equipment, um, you can use things that are just around the house. And so everything that we do, if we want it done at home, we have PowerPoint pictures of these exercises um, that we've created so that we uh-huh. it's all written out and we can write down the reps and everything so that nothing has to be just committed to memory. Uh, when, when people go home, they can um, be able to do these exercises with their pet at home as well. Right, right. Um, There's
0: too much on your mind when you're leaving
1: after you these big surgeries to oh not have it written down.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's it's a lot. I mean, it's, it's a tremendous amount of of information that we we throw at people. So um, we try to put as much of it as we can into readable or um, uh, digital forms that people can rely on. Um, now, and then you have, we, we
0: address some of the. Gosh, I'm so sorry. I keep cutting you off. I pause.
1: Can you okay, address okay. the
0: modalities with your ultrasound, laser therapy, and yes. electro stem? Now, these these are considered to many people as being something that is sometimes fringy, sometimes you know, like only homeopaths or maybe not homeopaths, only holistic folks have them. These are these are extremely powerful, very valid, um, right. uh, being widely accepted by the Western. Veterinary community as being very helpful. Now, one of the things oh, I, want, yes. I want to ask you to point out is that I um, these tools, in my opinion, demand training. These aren't things yes. that you put in an inexperienced hand with an animal that needs specific help for specific problem. And I often find that these tools are in the hands of folks that uh, read a book or they got a, they got like the owner's manual like you do in your car, and that they're right. they're using them. By, by point prescription versus, like you said, putting your hands on your patient, being part of a right. community to take best care of this animal. And I really appreciate you um, uh, addressing that, especially with a therapeutic ultrasound, laser, 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 and electro-stem. These, um, right. And remembering that for my listeners here that our animals don't have a choice, don't have a voice, and so we as our advocates have to know what the heck we're doing before we start it yes. put it in the hands of capable, well-trained, certified folks this isn't one of those things you do yourself or buy it online and no, no, no. try it and hope to God it works out okay. So so Shannon, please address that for me because I run into this all well, the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of one of my peeves t- too because, you know, I have a master's degree in physical therapy. I spent an entire year um, of PT school learning the theory, the physics and the theory behind every single modality that is used in physical therapy, including Electrical simulation, ultrasound, and laser, um, and and then of course the clinical applications of it. Um, the veterinarians mm-hmm. that go through the certification uh, coursework uh, through the two programs in the United States, they are introduced and educated on the theory of these uh, products as well. Um, and believe me, if you um, uh, if you have someone a, a um, vendor come to your 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 clinic and um, and sell you one of these. They're they're not going to teach you the theory behind it. So they're going to That's show you right. how to use it, but uh-huh. they are not going to teach you the theory. You have to supplement it with coursework to to educate yourself because you can cause incredible harm with these yes. modalities um, if you are not educated in them. Um, and so, uh, so the um, what we we do utilize uh, therapeutic ultrasound is um, is. Um, Similar to a diagnostic ultrasound that most of us are familiar with, to so like see a baby, uh, a fetus growing, it is a different frequency, and what it allows is the ability to penetrate several centimeters before you start to heat structures. Oftentimes mm-hmm. the structures that are involved in mobility deficits or soft tissue constrictions are some of the, the tissue junctions, um, such as muscles tend to bone, uh, ligamentous tightness. And so uh, therapeutic ultrasound is able to get deeper into those structures and create a heating effect, much more so than you could ever do with a superficial heat source. Um, uh, now, that's very, the thing
0: we do with acupuncture needles and moxa. You know, so if we can get someplace at the end of a needle and apply moxa right. or apply something that heats the needle to get down to where we need to exactly. get or, you exactly.
1: know, um,
0: and I wanted to point out that folks like folks like myself, you know, when I went to training at the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society, and it is traditional Chinese medicine, and traditional Chinese thought. But like Shannon says, the theory, the theory, the theory—it's mm-hmm. so important. It's not just put it here, put it there, turn it on at this you know this level and hit the on button. It doesn't work that right. way. Right. So
1: right, right. So, so yeah, important. and so it's a the we we utilize the therapeutic ultrasound um, considerably. It's it's well tolerated by by animals. Um, the um, uh, The laser um, is a, uh, that's something that's been a little bit newer on the scene, but that is um, also a modality that can, it it basically puts energy into tissues, either superficial or deep, um, in the form of jewels. That helps to, the uh, laser therapy is incredible for wound healing. It's been well known for its wound healing properties for a long time,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but but the uh, it also can penetrate to deeper um, uh, uh, depths in the tissues to help stimulate um, uh, pain relief. It can have effects on certain pain fibers, both sharp and, and uh, um, deep pain. Um, it can also help with um, uh, tissue healing by stimulating the mitochondria in the yeah. cells, which is our little energy uh, producing portion of our of every um, uh, cell in our body. Um, so, it, and it's a very fast treatment. That's what's also very nice about it is that um, it, it can sometimes only take a couple, three minutes, and um, particularly if you've got a, a feisty animal or um, a kitty cat. It can, right, it can exactly. You. Yeah. Exactly it can you got to love them. Yeah. yeah, and we utilize it. Even our, our animals that come in, particularly hit by car, or if they're, um, you know, um, dog bite, you know, the, a dog who's been attacked by dog, or we've had some dogs attacked by coyote, and so we will usually um, those inpatients will immediately uh, start treating their wounds with the laser uh, once it's cleared by the veterinarian, um, and really, really helps to speed wound healing, for especially some of those um, um, infected type wounds. So,
0: I, I found um, it amazing,
1: even when you do, even when you do surgical incision sites.
0: Um, yeah. And then you saying increase healing time. Oh my gosh, you can see it honestly, no, no exaggeration. I've watched these things heal in, let's say, three days instead of 10 to 14 yes. days where you just have the features right. just sitting up around the skin going, doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. What are we doing right. here? And also, I use laser a lot with my patients that were too uncomfortable, too nervous, too agitated to actually put needles in. Or some of my oh, patients huh. that were, when you, when you do hand work on them and they're just uncomfortable with that, that sometimes right. since the laser, in many cases, doesn't even need to touch them. It's nice if it does, right. but, I mean, you can do work without ever even making physical contact with our friends to the point where next visit they might be more relaxed, they might be more comfortable. Exactly. Next visit they might allow you to do more things. So progressively making inroads to so many psychological, emotional, physical aspects of our treatment, the laser is oh, just, absolutely. it's a phenomenal tool. I, I just really, really it enjoy is. it
1: so much. Right. So much. Um, and then we've utilized um, uh, the electrical stimulation. Um, the neuromuscular electrical stimulation is a, a modality that uses um, surface electrodes to um, induce contraction of the muscles. Now, um, typically, uh, if it, any human who's had that done will attest, it's it, it's not painful, but it certainly isn't a comfortable feeling. Um, right. And, right. The, um, and so, most animals that we use that modality on are the ones that have had spinal cord injury or peripheral nerve, um, uh, like out into a limb. Uh, but we right. have used it really very successfully on our our dogs who have had um, herniated discs, um, where because they don't have 100% of their sensation, so they actually tolerate that modality uh, very well. Um, I I've just I I've found that if they're neurologically intact, um, that kind of biting sensation of the modality can be difficult to uh, to yeah. utilize on 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 those dogs. If <laughs> yes, they can feel yeah. it, sometimes they don't like it that much. I, I yeah, really yeah, yeah. You have to use yeah. your tools so they they don't
0: get more mad at you than when you started, right? You want to make friends, right? You want to do good right. work. Um, your, your information and your education and your experience is just completely invaluable. So I hope you visit us again because we have a lot more modalities and owner education and devices and such to talk about here. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's
1: there's a, a whole host of other things that we can certainly talk about. No problem. Oh, beautiful.
0: All right, so let's. Um, I want to, once again thanks uh, to Sylvia Global Media Network for making this possible and all of this information out to the world once a week so share it with your friends like us on Facebook follow us on Twitter and um, let's all get involved in spreading the word that there are so many things that are available to our non-human friends to make sure that their quality of life increases every day as far as I'm concerned so um, I'm going to ask okay. you if you would seriously consider coming back I want to talk about the senior element I want to talk about oh, the element I want to talk about the general medical element because these are things that you see every single day that sometimes people don't notice and that, you know, when I do my senior wellness classes and such, the the subtlety in which our older friends, our heavy friends, which, you you know, here in the United States, we're used to doing that to them, right? But there's so many things that we can do that will help them have a longer, healthier,
1: happier quality of life. Yeah, Uh, so so we see a tremendous number of them and we have some amazing outcomes with, with that population. Right on, right on. This is going to be so important because, you know, hopefully none of us ever get in a situation where we're
0: doing thousand and thousand and thousand and thousand dollar surgeries on our patients that are scared and got hurt. You know, they really got hurt right. in order to get things done. Um, and it's, they're life changers. People that are listening need right. to know that these things that lead to Shannon are life changers. So make no mistake right. about that. So we commit Perfect. to it yeah. and we obligate ourselves to making sure that our our friends do well and it, it's a long term obligation. It's a marriage of of uh, you know of commitment to these guys. So if we can talk about something that might be a little bit more lightweight and but right. equally as important you know, as our, our friends want to have a good long healthy life. So um right. thank you for your time hon and I appreciate okay. it. And thank you so much, right. Shannon. I really appreciate it. Once again this is Shannon Allman and she is the rehabilitation coordinator at the Las Vegas Veterinary Specialty Center and doing good work 24 hours a day. I appreciate you, Shannon.
1: No problem. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, you're welcome, and I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. This has been Holistic Tech Care with Dr. O,
0: and we'll be back next week with more information and extremely exciting guests. So for our podcast listeners, you can go ahead and email listeners at sylviaglobal.com. Everyone have a great week, great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. The information discussed during the show is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any condition. If your pet is currently experiencing any medical issues, please seek immediate assistance from a licensed veterinarian.